Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's a new year, which means new reasons to stop by QT, like drinks to wash out the taste of last year. I need more. And fresh snackles worth breaking a resolution. Pizza has tomatoes, so technically, it's a salad. Want to binge a new show? We've got plenty to snack along with it, like our new cheesy mac and cheese. Wow, it's like my wife's, but even cheddar up top. This is the time for new beginnings, and it starts at Quick Trip. QT, more than a gas station. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Ray from the Heroes Podcast Network. Currently, you've probably heard me on a show called Screen Heroes, where we discuss movies and uh, TV shows about superhero, sci-fi, and a little bit of fantasy. Well, I love fantasy so much, I am starting a brand new podcast about fantasy television series. We are going to review these series in a bit more detail than what Screen Heroes usually does. We'll discuss multiple episodes for a whole continuous arc and then move on to another series. Spellbound will review shows, new shows like The Witcher, Good Omens, Carnival Row, and Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. We're also going to look back at previous shows such as American Gods and Avatar The Last Airbender, Old miniseries from the 90s like Leprechauns and the Tenth Kingdom, and we're going to do a movie here and there, maybe even a little bit of fantasy upcoming news. Who knows? You'll be able to follow Spellbound at SpellboundCast on Twitter for the latest fantasy news about the show, about the upcoming shows that we'll be discussing. You can also listen to us Fridays, coming in September. Hello and welcome to another episode of Kaiju Curry House. This is your host Joe, and I am joined by Mr. Paul Williams. Good evening, Mr. James, Alex, whatever your name is today, <laughs> who is our friend up north. Wow, wow! And we have also uh, been joined today by Matt, who, as I understand it, is a video editing uh, professional. So, hello, Matt. That's right. Uh, biddy, biddy, biddy to all of you. There we go. All right. <laughs> biddy, biddy tonight, to you too. <laughs> tonight's episode will be focusing on the cult classic, because we're not going to call it a classic, the cult classic Crater Lake Monster, which is the 1977 Crown International film directed by William Stromberg. And it is lifted by David Allen's fabulous stop motion special effects. There is little else to it, but we're going to be going into that. Anyways, um, getting on. Fellas, I'll do it tonight. What have Kaiju been up to? Thank you, Joe. <laughs> 
Um, shall I go first? Uh, right. Um, following on from a few episodes ago, we said about um, having a look in your local stores or eBay, trying to find some kaiju films. And I decided to do that. I went on eBay, typed in the word monster DVD, and picked up a copy of Humanoids from the Deep for about three pounds. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. It looks pretty awful. (laughs) You are in for a treat. It's got more stars than um, the Crater Lake Monster. So, for sure. This is the 1996 version, not the 80s version. Oh, no. The 80s version is so much better than that. No, no, no. The 80s version is so much better. And what you need to do is you need to go online and look at the preview, the trailer for the 80s version. That movie was just, it had so little message, but the same brief image of a topless woman is shown twice in the same trailer. <laughs> in the, it's in it's in the same trailer. It was like really trying to throw out there, like, "Hey, young lads, really bad monster boobs. movie." But guess what? <laughs> yeah, and Vic Morrow's in it, so there's a topless man in it as well. There's a uh, there's there's one scene in that movie that makes it worth watching in and of itself, and um, it's the scene with the topless woman, but. Uh, it's not for the reason you think. Oh, it's it's not for the reason you think. The it's the fella that seduces her. He is seducing her with a uh, oh, what are the puppets called? He's seducing her with a ventriloquist oh, puppet. A <laughs> oh, no, no, no. there's like like he's he's got like the dummy. The dummy is talking to her and like putting the moves on her. It's so terrible. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, it was able to... Oh, I hope that's in the 90s version as well, then. It is not in the 90s version. It isn't, no. Oh. First, though, you should have seen this dummy... The 90s version, drink actually... Of, drink a bottle of milk while the person's talking. It's a very good trick. Hmm. That was definitely the, worth uh... in a flow chart. apologize. <laughs> <Just>, Carry on. <laughs> no, no, no. But... The uh, the '90s version actually tries to be a good movie. I remember tr- the only reason that I've seen tries. the deep <laughs> tries and I fails miserably. That. Yes, but anyways, it 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 uh, it tries. But the only reason I've seen the '80s version is because my friend and I we rented Carnosaur, which I'm not sure if you guys are f- familiar with that film, but uh, it was kind of like it rings a bell. It was released at about the same time as the original Jurassic Park movie, and. Okay. It was all practical effects, all practical effects. The practical effects were pretty decent for the budget is of the original Carmageddon Carmage movie. The, I, I don't know if it's as good as Carmageddon. I haven't <laughs> seen that Cop one, but now. we're talking about... <laughs> you guys are terrible. No, it stands up against that. Anyways, um, on the trailer for Carnosaur, there is a... Or in the movie... Uh, Carnosaur. If you look at the DVD, there is a trailer for Humanoids of the Deep. We were just looking for trailers because Carnosaur was such a gem. We found this, and we went out like the next night to go and watch it because it was just such a terrible trailer. But the movie, the original movie, isn't as bad as the '90s version. I think it's because it embraces what it is. But there we go. Sorry to hijack well, you there, glorious. Paul, but fond memories of that. Fond I, memories. I can't wait to watch it. Alex, yeah, James, yeah, yeah. Um, what are you thinking? Okay, so I have finally sat down and watched um, 
something actually good for once. I feel like what? all I've been, I know all I've been doing recently is watching bad films. So um, oh. more of a series. I sat down and I watched uh, Dark Crystal: The Age of Resistance. And oh, how yeah, was that? It, it's you know what? It's mint. It's really, really good. Yeah, it's brilliant. I'm four episodes in, and. Um, you know, I started off being like, oh, it's a PG, maybe I'll play that for my daughter. And then one episode, no, I won't. No, I will not play it for my daughter. I mean, <laughs> it's quite frightening, but it's, it's good, mm. it's well made, the story's compelling, the... Mm. <laughs> Can we do... I totally understand, like, if you watch the original movie, the first, like, line I think that one of the Skeksis says is, I hate your whimper. <laughs> and after watching that entire series, yeah. I have to so agree. So do you have to watch the film <laughs> to enjoy the TV series, or can you just jump right into the TV series? Because it has been a few decades since that you watched it. Um, the TV series is a prequel, so you can enjoy it just fine while oh, seeing the movie. The movie. The movie gives you, like, essentially the end. It's like watching I Return see. of the King. You know, and none of the others. However, it is interesting because Netflix has left itself a bit of breathing room to make another season because in between that, this first season, Age of Resistance and the movie, um, a lot happens on Thra that we don't see. So seeing as how well this was received, I can imagine that there might be more. I hope there's yeah. more. I, I loved it and my daughter yeah, loved it. I hope so. And I know that recently me, Paul, and Joe have used the phrase uh, law building as a polite way of saying when a director basically <laughs> cracks around and adds stuff, adds stuff, saying, no, no, it's law building. But genuinely, mm. there is some very good law building in the uh, the New Dark Crystal. They've kind of they've taken the world that was built uh, by Jim Henson's studio. Um, what's, what's it called? Jim Henson's Creature? What's, what's the term for it? The full name? It, it, I think it's called Jim yeah, Henson Studio. Cool. But um, the, the world that was created in a in a, you know <laughs> an hour and a half film, they've built on it so much, and yeah, it, it feels like the same universe. There's no kind of like weird fit. It, it just it's it's mm. flown so nicely. I see people praising it online because they've probably gone, no, no, we're doing this, but unlike other remakes such as you know the thing where they went from what made it good, the, you know, handmade effects, yeah. that it replaced with CGI, that actually said, no, no, we're going to use puppets again. Yeah. I think a lot of people are very happy to see that. If you... I'm not going to correct you all the way here because there was an excessive amount of CGI in the yeah. new thing. But if you go and watch the making CGI. of... Yeah, I know exactly some of the... About. Yeah, yeah. Some of the... Some of that mm. puppetry... I, I mean, like, I will give them their due credit. Some of the stuff I thought was CGI was indeed puppetry. And I thought that was incredible. The part where the woman... Well, that's, that's impressive, then. Spoilers. The, the, yeah, the part where the woman actually uh, starts yeah. splitting in half. Mm. Because this is a great movie for children. The thing. Um, and then... Uh, but, yeah, this is PG, yeah. Yeah, and then terrorizes the uh, woman in, like, the uh, mess hall. I thought that that was CGI. But that was no, that I, was practical effects, yeah, so I was good very, on them. very impressed. And like I say, just... I'm a bit starved of good television and good film because I've been... Because you have horrible taste. You hang out with me. <laughs> yeah, you hang out with me. <laughs> yeah, it's Joe's influence. We've watched Bilge recently. But, good grief. Um, it's a good segue to... To be fair, we watched Final Wars, so that should even yeah. out, shouldn't it? Oh. He's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Such um, a great classic. We'll, we'll, ask, we'll ask our guest. <laughs> exactly. Man, what hey. have Kaiju been up to? In the overall scheme of things, I've no idea... But in my life, I have been watching the Crater Lake ones. Is that what I'm supposed to be doing right now? 
No, no, like just generally, what have you been like? You, you mentioned um, Godzilla vs King Kong. That's right. That's the other bit. There we go. Read your script, man. I read, read the wrong script. I read the wrong page. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had the pleasure <laughs> of watching Godzilla vs King Kong uh, for the first time, actually, because it's a film when it was a title of. Mm. But I never actually sat down and watched it, and I had the pleasure of watching this with a four-year-old who wanted to know what was happening in every single second of every minute. And bearing in mind, this is the first time I've seen this, so my improv skills got quite a workout. Especially when a bunch of uh, actors came up dressed in brown face. A Japanese uh, actors in brown face. Japanese actors in brown face. Uh, all doing, <laughs> and I had to explain, well, they're a tribe who are on Skull Island, which, and they don't have electricity or even TV. Faro Island. Faro Island. Island for King Kong? It, it's Faro Island. What are you doing there? According in, in proper myth, proper mythos what? is Skull Island, but in the Godzilla universe, oh, it's okay. Faro building. Island. Lore building, lore building. Oh, building. yeah, more lore, lore building, lore building indeed. Houses. I didn't know. I didn't know King Kong's a politician. Anyway, so I had to explain <laughs> the plot, and even better because it's clearly been edited to hell, uh, the buggery, because they've got the American guy going. Well, I'm going to fill you with exposition now because these are events. Because we've taken some of these scenes out, so I'm going to talk to you. It's got two houses because you know when you play an RPG and you can sort of move away, you can fast travel between. He's, he's actually got two different places he lives in. Yeah, <laughs> do, you want, do you want to stay at the inn? And he said, "Yes." You say he's not a politician, but King is in his oh. name, so oh well. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that was that was interesting to see because she enjoyed I, it for the most part. She my, she my, my enjoyed, daughter enjoyed it. it. I mean, she got imp- impatient and kept saying, "Where's the monkey?" When will King Kong be back? When will Godzilla be back? And she basically has the attention span of every single Godzilla fan because she was going, this is boring. All the human parts are boring. When's the monster action? Oh, she's four-year-old. She's learning. She's learning fast. Yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah. And also because it's, it's you know, when you're an adult, <laughs> uh, when a boy becomes a man, when he realizes that, in fact, everybody's been wrong for 40 years, there is no Japanese cut where Godzilla wins at the very end. It's presumed, or if they have, they're keeping it quiet from the rest of the world. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that was disappointing to see. The executives at Toho just have they have one copy where Godzilla wins, and they just watch it whenever yeah, someone brings it up. Person asks about it, because we told them they'll be stupid, and as soon as they leave the room, they're like, hey, let's put it on again. So, uh, Alex, what did you think of the soundtrack? Of, um, King Kong vs Godzilla, Godzilla vs King Kong. Godz- yeah, yeah. I and that's going to say, I'm sorry, I don't don't really remember it. Is this thing that should have stood out about it? It's the same. It's the same sound. It's the same soundtrack as Creature from the Black Lagoon. They took that soundtrack for the oh, English right. dub. You can oh, see. So you can tell it's it's from something else. Oh, I mean, straight away because it doesn't fit anything. Really? Oh, sorry. I could being a film nerd, but I couldn't those, tell it was King Kong versus Godzilla. Those crazy blaring horns didn't didn't have any effect. Yeah. You didn't notice I, that. I think, that's the very distinctive. Wouldn't have had any effect on this film. So. You got to understand side by side. Like a couple of weeks ago, I watched Creature from the Black Lagoon. A yours, Joe. You know, rooms blacked out mm-hmm. in three D. I'm fully engrossed. And then by comparison, I'm watching you know King Kong versus Godzilla, and my daughter's saying, "What's going on? What's going on? What's going on?" And it's like, well, it's very very fragmented viewing. So very very different viewing experiences. Joe, what have Kaiju been up to? Right. Oh, so you said Kaiju like you. Joe had a... I, oh, right. See what you did there? Yeah, yeah. I wish I got it when it was my bit. Go ahead. It's, it's a, a pun. pun. It's a pun. <laughs> so I had a payday recently, so I splurged a bit. 
I purchased When Dinosaurs Ruled the Earth, which is a Hammer production. It is the sequel to One Million Years B.C. Mm -hmm. And I also purchased um, the uh, Birth of Kong Skull Island, the uh, legendary prequel comic to Kong Skull Island. And uh, I read through that, and it's actually a pretty good read, and the art is well and above any other comic that they have released for any of their prequels. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I have um, gone for the gigantic 2019 Godzilla, the, the 500 quid one yet. That's no. what I was expecting. No, actually, I think I'm going to go down the route of uh, some resin kits and yeah, start building some models for a convention I heard about. about buying the kits, doing them up for people, and then basically selling them so that they've got their own kind of perfectly made monster kit. Is that right? I can do that. But see, the thing is, is whenever you make a kit, you know, part of you goes into it, like the personality of the kit the thing that you make, like it's, it's your art. There's kind of a bit of you in it and it's hard to let go of those things. If someone wants to send me a kit, I'll make it up and I'll have fun with it and everything. It's just, you know, I'll be like, Oh, I don't get to look at that again. But, uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. Really. But um, I think it's like in I was, films where I was looking at servants uh, in case it comes back to life. But like you have all your resin kits and your Warhammer forty k, and if your tomb is ever disturbed, oh yeah, I'll stop talking. I uh, I was actually looking at a, <laughs> I was looking at a couple. There's a Redosaurus, which is really nice, and then believe it or not, there's actually a really decent uh, Crater Lake monster kit that uh, I had my eye on. Was that was that Kickstarter? Well, it, it's actually. No, no, it wasn't. It's by Joe, and I'm going to mispronounce his surname, but I really need to pr- know how to do it. It's Laudati, or L-A-U-D-A-T-I. Yeah, well, anyways, he's a, he's an absolutely fantastic sculptor. It's uh, you, you can look at images of it. It's on Alternative Images. Uh, that's the folks that uh, sell it. They're a Facebook group, but... Um, it really looks the part. And while the movie may have shortcomings, I think that that creature design is really nice. And, you know, it looks it looks the part, so it would be a fun kit to build. It looks like, you know when an actor is, is, is really good and he appears in a film that's really bad because he needs the money or he's being caught for tax evasion? That's what this monster felt like for me. So have we started our review of the film now? Should we begin it? We should probably start, shouldn't we? <laughs> Let's officially start. This was your brainchild, not the actual film itself, but us watching it. What armpit of the internet did you discover this? What possessed me to <laughs> suggest this film? Um, you know. there was there was a movie released a long while back, and it's called "The Fantastic Dinosaurs of the Movies." And all that this film is, and you can find it on YouTube, it's on Amazon Prime, whatever. All that this film is is a few snippets of making of footage and trailers. It's all trailers for dinosaurs and kaiju movies. Aww. That's that's the whole that's film. 
it's actually really fun, especially when you're between the ages of six and ten. Because it just opens you up to all sorts of different things. So the movie or the movie Crater Lake Monster is its own thing, but the trailer for Crater Lake Monster is actually pretty fantastic, especially if you're of a young persuasion. So I didn't see the actual film until much later on because it's hard to find, in all honesty. Um, Crown International, which I think you'll probably go into later, Alex, it went under. That was the that was the company that produced the film. So finding a release is pretty hard. Now, it is available on YouTube. You can see it in HD, and you can also buy a bootleg copy on Amazon even. They're, kind of, they're under that made-to-order uh, monkey, which, you know... It, you kind of figure it out, but there hasn't really been a suitable re-release and I don't think many people will re-release it, but it does have its own little cult following. Anyway, small business owners, is your internet making office tasks painfully slow? Are your file upload speeds? <laughs> Sluggish? Are your video calls? Ch- uh, 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 you need more speed. AT&T Business Fiber gives you up to 20 times faster upload speeds at half the price of cable. Faster upload speeds mean smoother, less glitchy video conferencing and faster file transfers. Visit att.com slash business fast or call 844-702-FAST to get our best price on our best service. Imagine it, up to 20 times faster upload speeds at half the price of cable. AT&T experts can help you upgrade to AT&T Business Fiber. Soon, you're going to love your internet. Call 844-702-FAST-NOW. Comparison by Telogical Systems, 12-2020. Ways to get back on target. I watched the film, and it is a bit of a stinker because the editing and the effects weren't finished. The budget was pulled out from under the film, um, about three quarters way through the production. And what we're left with is fantastic stop motion by David Allen, who was a contemporary of Ray Harryhausen. And in many respects, he was Don Bluth was Disney's rival. I guess you could say that David Allen was one of Ray Harry, Ray Harryhausen's rivals. And yeah. And the, the creature is pretty well done for the special effects for what they are. A hundred thousand dollars was the movie's budget. Uh, stop motion animation is incredibly time consuming. I think that you need 150 images or something of that make to get three seconds of footage for a stop motion creature to move around. Yeah. So it's incredibly time intensive. You have to get the lighting right. You have to have the model, the art. You have to put it into the, put it into the film correctly. So just from that perspective alone, the amount of creature time that's in this movie is actually pretty decent. So yeah, so that's pretty decent. But when you think about how much effort would have gone into that for the sake of everybody in this picture is getting paid a hundred thousand, you know, that, that's the whole budget. I think it's really well done. Now what the movie is actually about is a remote lake in Oregon. It's called Crater Lake. And there's a meteorite that hits the lake. Whilst this meteorite, you know, more or less the same night, this meteorite hits the lake. Um, 
there's a group of scientists. They're looking at some cave paintings and they show Native Americans um, coming up against or coming at odds with what looks to be a plesiosaurus, which is an aquatic reptile that lived during the age of dinosaurs in the Mesozoic. It's basically like a Nessie-like a creature for the... Yeah, plesiosaurus. So, I mean, so for those of you who are familiar with what the Loch Ness Monster looks like, you know, a plesiosaur is kind of that same thing, you know, like this is what they're going for. So anyways, the meteorite hits the lake. There's a cave in where these cave paintings were. The scientists are pretty disgusted with the whole thing. Like, well, we could have found like a great cryptozoological find there. Cryptozoology is the study of um, unknown animals. It's kind of a pseudoscience, but it's fun to, you know, kind of dig into. Anyway, dig into. That's they're cool. kind of disgusted with <laughs> but anyway, um, the, you know, like a meteorite has fallen in the lake. The local sheriff sees it. A, a few residents see what it. And they're like, oh, you're right. Oh, all right. What in tarnation is going very on relaxed there? about that. Well, it hit the water. It's not like it's causing any big problems. But at the same time, they want to find it because it's a, me- it's a meteorite. Why wouldn't you? I mean, it's it, so they kind of get like, you know, a couple divers and everything. It's like, okay, let's go pick it up. But the meteorite is so hot because it's just gone through its atmosphere and whatnot. They can't really touch it. They got to wait for it to cool down. Meteorite is heating up the mud and the water in the lake. Supposedly in this mud, there is a dormant egg, which inside is incubating um, and developing our monster. So, I spoke earlier about how the editing of this movie isn't the best. Um, we have Nancy Grossman and Steve Nelson to thank for that. But it skips. It basically jumps ahead six months later, which we never see. Does it? There's supposed to be. Yeah, it does. It skips. It's it's supposed to move forward six months later. So the uh, okay. monster. explains something. Yeah. So the monster basically has. Yeah. So the monster, there, there are hints of it, which I'll get into. But um, the monster basically has been incubated in this warm mud or whatever. I mean, like, we're ignoring the fact that eggs need to breathe, and this is an air-breathing creature. But, you know, suspension of disbelief, this is a late-night monster movie. So the egg is hatched. The creature has been in the lake for a while, but it's been growing. It's been developing. Now, you you understand this six-month jump because our our, our basically comedic... Uh, doppelganger comedic guys here um their names being Artie and mitch they rent boats on this lake for people to go and fish and whatever and in one of the first uh casualties of this creature um a guy goes out rents a boat expects to fish and Artie and mitch they're like you know nobody's caught a fish on this lake for six months and that was one of the hints like you know across the bottom of the screen is supposed to be like six months later or whatever but it's never done. Um, nobody's caught a fish in the lake for six months. That's because all the fish have been eaten by this creature that's been growing. That so was not clear. it's hunted. That was not clear in the film. If only we'd paid attention. Again, it all comes down to the editing and what was left out. Anyways, um, the creature has eaten everything in the lake. So now it is more aggressively moving on to what it can find for substance. And, the guy that goes fishing, he's our first casualty. Um, they had a pretty good head prop for this film, which is used in all the scenes where someone's getting eaten. Um, he gets eaten. There's an attempt at um, a jump scare already. because he kind of he looks around. There's nothing there. And he looks around again. And it's it's there. And there's the 
they, they press the button for scary music. No, they press the button for the King Kong versus Godzilla soundtrack, and it worked. And obviously, just to cut in here, because you're doing a very good job of explaining the film of the bits we missed, which is 9% of the film by the sound of things, but you said the monster <laughs> went looking for substance. Well, uh, spoiler for later on the film, uh, it couldn't find anything of substance. It found this film instead, and it starved to death. Wow. <laughs> oh dear, poor film. Anyways, um, long bad. story short, long story short, there's a, a few uh, people that are trying that figure out that there's a monster in the lake and they need to do something about it. There is the local sheriff who seems like a pretty competent guy. He has the '70s plumber mustache mm. and some amazing sideburns and a terrible comb over. But you know, he's had a hard life man. in that part of the world. Yeah, at that at that time in that part of the world, he's on point pretty much. There's the doctor, and we don't, and we assume he's a medical doctor because he does the examinations, he does the coroner examinations. Um, and then we have the two archaeologists. We don't want to call them paleontologists because they are studying cave paintings, so they're archaeologists. Um, and then there's Artie and Mitch. Those are those are basically our main characters. Artie and Mitch are the two buffoons that rent boats. They're they're com- they're the comedic relief. Job titles. So like you know, the doctor, the paleontologist, Artie and Mitch. Yeah, Artie and Mitch. Yeah, we we they, didn't really need those. We didn't need them, but at the same time, they're there and they aren't completely terrible. They give the they give a little bit of substance to the film, just to at least show you what More the local community is like. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, it's a little building, definitely. In the new Godzilla film, yeah, but got two guards called Arnie and Mitch, and they're going to be the Navy SEALs. <laughs> Anyways, uh, things come to a head on, you know, like basically the town's discussing what to do with this thing. There are two camps, kill it or trap it and use it to bolster the local economy. The kill it uh, team seems to win when the creature just inadvertently shows up and starts trying to eat people. They take a uh, piece of earth-moving equipment, they ram the, uh, the prow into it, and then when the creature go- you know, like basically lunges its head forward, they uh, drop the uh, shovel on top of its neck, um, cutting pretty deep into it. The, the creature kind of stumbles off and dies. But uh, it, for what it is, a simplistic movie done on a budget that you could... I mean... Well, it's... It- 100k it's not, it's that's you couldn't do yeah you couldn't hardly do anything these days it, the film was a financial success it took in three million so it certainly made its budget back but uh i think for for lack of editing because there are day and night scenes here and now that you guys have all watched the film you can kind of tell where the proper filters weren't used where there should have been editing later on because it jumps from day to night, night to day quite quickly in the span of a couple seconds. It really throws you off. But for the sake of calling it a cult classic with some really decent stop motion animation for a good creature design, it is what it is. And for being able to see it for free on YouTube, you can't really complain too much, but there we are. No, no, you're, you're right. You're right. Okay. It's, it's, yeah. So I, I could complain a fair bit. I agree, okay. it was a cult classic, because afterwards I wanted to drink Kool-Aid and cyanide. And on that cheery note, we're going to take a break, and then we'll return, and let's talk about editing issues. Don't do that, children. <laughs> do not drink no, those things. Don't. All the ch- and don't look up and don't look up where that reference came from, either. All the ch- children that love the Crater Lake Monster, I do apologize. 
We'll be back in a moment for after the break. Parent, actually, kids love Great Lake Monster because the, the parents put it on and they go to sleep in five seconds. <laughs> Stop talking. We're taking a break. <laughs> Sorry. Hello, everyone. This is Ray from the Heroes Podcast Network. Currently, you've probably heard me on a show called Screen Heroes, where we discuss movies and uh, TV shows about superhero, sci-fi, and a little bit of fantasy. Well, I love fantasy so much, I am starting a brand new podcast about fantasy television series. We are going to review these series in a bit more detail than what Screen Heroes usually does. We'll discuss multiple episodes for a whole continuous arc and then move on to another series. Spellbound will review shows, new shows like The Witcher, Good Omens, Carnival Row, and Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. We're also going to look back at previous shows such as American Gods and Avatar The Last Airbender, old miniseries from the 90s like Leprechauns and the Tenth Kingdom, and we're going to do a movie here and there, maybe even a little bit of fantasy upcoming news. Who knows? You'll be able to follow Spellbound at SpellboundCast on Twitter for the latest fantasy news about the show, about the upcoming shows that we'll be discussing. You can also listen to us Fridays, coming in September. And welcome back to the second part of this episode of Kaiju Curry House. My name's Alex. I'm joined by our guest, Matthew. Hello. And Paul. Hello. I'm Joe. Howdy there. Right, okay. We are going to uh, talk about what our opinion was on the film. Paul, you've been quite quiet. What are your thoughts on the film? As always. As always. Uh, but let's start off. Have you seen the movie poster? I have, yeah. So um, There are a couple different posters, that, honestly. There, there are Which indeed. one? So okay. That, that was thing that I've taken a note on, because promotional posters lack consistency, because... Some of yeah, because it's not the actual creature. No, it's not. Well, it makes it look like he's a bipedal, like he's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. And he's Yeah, not. he doesn't have a long neck. He doesn't have... No, he's um... not. He, he's, he's, you know, he's a Pleiotian. He's it's... got flippers, for crying out loud. Yeah. I just... Yeah, so straight away, false advertising there. Not happy about that. Well, right. Quite a good poster, though. Off. It looks good. Yeah, it's I think cool because... I, I think because it was so rushed. I think I think because this film was so rushed. Yeah, they, they probably, probably didn't tell told... the marketing department. Mm. No, it, yeah, I don't think there was much of a marketing department here. But <laughs> oh well. yeah. it's almost weird. It's almost just like one guy. Dinosaurs, a trademark name, and that it's called something else. Because you look at the posters, the Crater Lake Monster, and even little kids go, "No, that's a T Rex." Mm. Yeah, dinosaurs. Yeah. Now, now it probably was to appeal more, wasn't it? Up. Um, IMDb <laughs> gave this film 3.6 stars out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 11%. What do you think of it, Paul? Oof, okay. Oh, God, I don't know. Because if I... It's I'd not give finished. It 2 out of 10. 2 out of 10. Let's go there. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awful. If it wasn't for those effects... So, um, right, film, okay, so you know. what did you like about it, Paul? Let, let, be... be constructive now yeah let's let's be positive because this yeah, is that's stop motion animation we're going to be spending time in, on improving this film so oh you're going to have to form some relationship with it paul yeah i don't know why we're punishing ourselves like that but um yeah well it's fun it's art, isn't it we the um the mustaches are all fantastic uh. 
I, I, I've, we we can't you know we can't argue with with the handlebar mustache. Um, <laughs> the 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 dinosaur for the creature he's um, he's well done. I mean the the effects obviously are top notch for a hundred thousand. I'm I'm trying to find some other good things about the film. I can't really think of much more than that. What were the issues it's, for you? Well, the directing is all over the place. I mean, the director, who's it, w- William Stromberg, this yeah. is his first and only um, directing job. He did visual effects for Night Train to Terror in 1985. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Was that so, oh yeah, that was after this then. Yeah, so he did. After, he did. He, so he directed a film and then did some effects. Yeah, and that's it. That's okay. That's about it. Okay. I hope that. I hope you found some other work. Hopefully, um, hopefully yeah, so he didn't do the, the light shots as well, so he didn't go from night train to light train, middle of the day train. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you learned a bit more from this job. Have you read the tag um, from night I mean, what... train to terror? Oh, I'll go on, Toby. Can you read it to us? Just, just while we're on it, go on. Uh, a rock band gets their final performance on a hell-bound trip into the outer reaches of horror. And for some reason, there's a bloody knife on a train track, which yeah. doesn't make any sense. And, and it's a battle, on the train track? It's a yeah. battle on a train between God and Satan. Okay. Yeah. That can't surprise you. <laughs> no. no oh. this, this sounds great. Yeah. Can we... Let's talk about let's talk about better films yeah. during this podcast. Yeah. Okay. Back to back to Crate <laughs> Lake Monster. Yeah. Um, so back to Crate Lake Monster. So, um, yeah. No. The, the director. Yeah. So I don't like the. You complete your life. The I don't like the directing. Um. It's sometimes it's static. Sometimes it's just clearly, you know, with a, with a camcorder just bouncing all over the place. They couldn't afford a tripod. Um. Yeah. The music's pretty awful. Um. It just comes up now and again. In fact, the music's weird. On this, um, it is weird. Isn't it? And, I mean, actually, there were some bits that were kind of creepy, but there were other bits where it was awful, and there were some bits where there's just no sound or music at all. Yeah. It obviously wasn't finished, as we've, we've said several times. This film didn't get the love it deserved. It could be a... It could go up to, like, a three or four star, in my mind, with some better editing. Uh-oh. Yeah, we'll grip great responsibility, Matthew. How it to that. So, Matthew, yeah, turn all on you. Three star. Sorry, I've just, I've just checked my schedule. And apparently, the, the the position for Night Train to Terror Two has just come up, so I'm unable to give you the four star. Oh, actually, no. It's a, it's a Great Lake Monster. I'll do it like they did. I'll just take music from other stuff to make it better. So, the Great Lake Monster's coming yeah. over the hill, and the the couple are going no, and then suddenly out of nowhere. Why don't you play to your strengths? I mean, you're known for video game music. Why don't you put in, like, Time Splitters 2 music over the top of it, you know? That'll go down the storm. Oh no, it's the Crater Lake monster. <laughs> Watch with the mustaches. That, some of that soundtrack could work. Exactly, that was set in the seventies, and the creature like monster. I'm just saying, could have a mustache. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Return Can you we've now okay okay <laughs> what we've got the po- we've got the poster for the film let's talk to charlie as soon as this is done bear with me, bear with me. return the, to planet x the, 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 me. Is too, yeah. the greater lake mustache <laughs> you can right. make it stuns, happen stun silence yeah <laughs> matthew what did you think of this film? <laughs> you now you've just watched it in the last hour and a bit so it's it's fresh in your mind yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll be you'll be seeing it when you go to sleep tonight. <laughs> That's right, the stink lines, a fresh steaming pile. Yeah. All right, look, it ain't a great film. I'm not a film snob by any means. Uh, I wouldn't be if I was. Kaiju would be the worst genre in the world to be sticking my nose up at. But even so, um, the film comes after Spielberg's Jaws, which I think had many similarities to, but they miss out on a lot of the things that Spielberg did very well, such as you know suspense and build. You know, making you care about the human characters, which I think a lot of monster films, kaiju or otherwise, suffer from if they're not made by people who really care. But I think the funniest thing was obviously the editing's all over the place, um, sloppier than an Italian police investigation. But to begin with, you don't, they show the monster very early on. They show the monster, they show the monster eating people, and then the, I'm trying to use a PG expression, they've done their bit early on. And they've still got another hour and 20 minutes to go. So they have to go, okay, here's somebody else. And guess what? They get eaten by the monster. And and get this, there's a couple. And one of them looks like De Niro in The King of Comedy for some reason. And get the, they get eaten. And it's like, yeah, we know. You've established the monster as evil and eating people. Oh, she's hungry. That's just a kebab. It's had a busy time being in Crater Lake, which is next to Susanville. Uh, It was apparently a large prison population, presumably because they all saw this and took the murder. And... (laughs) <laughs> so there's the not film, and even worse, they've had to insert the little comedy stylings of you know Lauren Hardy were busy, so they've got friggin' Alan and Mitch, and it reminds me of. I'm not sure if you guys have ever seen the, the Grindhouse classic. Um, Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So, three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com. When it comes to working at GEICO, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she is so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At GEICO, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, GEICO has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only downside? She still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Kansas City? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Kansas City. Last House on the Left. Um, it was one of Rose Caven's first films, I believe. And it it's a very horrible film. And it's supposed to be. It's about these this gang of teenagers who get kidnapped by these evil hippies and lots of bad stuff happens. But because they need to have it a certain length to make its money, Indescribably, Wes Craven thought it would be a good idea to have a comedy side plot with these wacky people, these police people, trying to get to the, the situation. The car breaks down and this big fat old woman has to give them a lift and wah wah. And it cuts back and they're, they're killing people. <laughs> it's one of the worst, like, differences of tone things you've ever seen in your life. Mm. And this reminded me of this because it's like, well, that monster, that dinosaur definitely eating people. What are Alan and Mitch are doing? I wonder how the boat business is thriving during this economy where there's no fishing to be done. So it was great. It was an hour and a half of the the, the exposition monster. 
I, I, but I, I, I'll, sorry, I'll echo these things. I was very negative. The positive things were, yeah, you're right. The stop motion was splendid. Obviously, the film stock um, suffered because it, the, the shots don't match up at all, just in terms of the quality. But as the effects, yeah. Because it was a 77. I was very surprised to see it was 77 because the effects look like 20 years ahead of their time compared to the rest of the film. And like I said, too good for this film. I like to think if it hadn't been for the great effects of um, where his name is, that no one would, we wouldn't be talking about this film. No. It wouldn't even have a Wikipedia page. No, we wouldn't. For the stop motion effects. <laughs> and that's there it. we go. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Joe? Alex, your thoughts? Oh, go on. Okay. Um, I really like the shots of the lake itself. There's a couple of shots when it's sort of it's got the mist on it and at night time it actually looks pretty eerie. Hmm. And I do think there's a lot of potential because the premise of it, I think, yeah, uh, that that sounds pretty good. Meteorite lands, incubates an egg, and you got big dinosaur eating people. I think, yeah, that that sounds like a film I would enjoy. And the misty effect on the lake looks uh, the misty effect on the lake looks good, but but God did that. God did. <laughs> God did the fog. Let's point the camera. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, Where's his credit? Yeah, you're right. Um, no, no. God's busy. But he held the uh, camera up. <laughs> uh, God's busy in the night train to terror. Fighting Satan. Oh, that's <laughs> it. he did such a good job. Yeah, yeah. Doing the production. Then on he this. got they got hired again. Yeah. Uh, like Clint Eastwood got started off in Gunsmoke and stuff. I thought Clint Eastwood was in um, what was it you told me Joe um, he's in Revenge of the Creature that's his first camera role the creature, the sequel to The Creature from Black Lagoon is actually Clint Eastwood's first movie role I did not know that on, on screen yeah yeah, oh. yeah. He's, he's like a teenager in that isn't he yeah he's just a lab assistant I can't imagine yeah here you go <laughs> doctor <laughs> No, he's just, just a bear in it. It's great. Um, I, th- I think the film's got loads of... N- not um, not the sequel to Creature from the Black Lagoon. The, oh, great, the great Late Monster, I think it had a lot of potential. Um, but Pot- w- <laughs> watching it, I've been bored. I'm going to yeah. admit it. I watched it with the two of you uh, down in Exeter. And I tried to get enthusiastic. And I'm, you know, I'm sat there with company, so you think, oh, okay, you're going to enjoy it more when this comes. And I got bored. And then I watched it again so I could do a bit of prep for tonight. And I got bored. And I paused it. And then Matthew arrived, ready to record with us. So I went, oh, okay, I'll start from the beginning. So it's a third time. And I'm like, I'm really... Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, I've watched it three times now. <laughs> Poor man. Um, and I'm... You're suffering for your art. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well just done. Like, just like God. Just did this, did the it did Night Train to Terror. That's right. What a segue. Yeah. Can I tell you my favourite bit of the film? Go on. The, the police chief moustache has shown up and he's talking to the guy with the perm and to our favourite guys in the film. That's right, the boatman. And the, the close-up shots, they're talking like, well, what do you think did it? And then Alan Mitchell going, <laughs> and all this. But then they do the far away shot. That's supposed to be partnering up with this. And again, this is, this is just an editing thing. He, obviously the close-up shots are done elsewhere because you can't see the ground but they're done like on location where they're next to the boats so when it cuts to the far away shot they're talking going well we think and you can barely hear them because the noise of the boats rocking against the friggin what do you call that the, um, the, water? the dark water um, little bits of planks going out to the sea 
The dock. Dock, thank you. Dock. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. What? My favourite line was um, when the sheriff's been asked about, you know, trying to find the body in the lake. Well, it's a big lake, Jesse. That was great. And just uh, He's got a point. pipes up and says that. Point. Um... Oh, there what? is the little, there is the nice bit where they go, what are the, chan- the chances to find them? What are the chances to find them? And it cuts to him on the phone going, not very good. Because it's a, it's all right. It's a decent attempt at summit. I think it was a one scene that had editing. They had the budget for one scene to edit, and that was it. And it also counts as a review for the film. God, that was an awkward silence. I love Skype just... because you say something, you go, yeah. "Was that just horrible, yeah. or is it just a delay?" And we've been talking So we've got the padding of the um, two comedic guys. I think, we've throughout got, the I think film. it's so we've got the padding of this episode for the podcast. I, I, I thought we were talking about this as well. Yeah. And he's talking about Arnie and me. Well. <laughs> who now have their own theme well, song. Mitch, Mitch can carry on the crime fighting. Poor Arnie. Oh, right. press <laughs> F. Joe, you Spoilers. T- you took us down this dark path. What do you What do you think of this godforsaken steaming pile of crap? What do you think of this of potential? Okay, <laughs> all right. So to defend myself here, because I feel like now I have to. You guys have mentioned before. I think it was actually our first podcast episode where we were talking about drive-in movie theaters. So. Drive-in movie theaters, part of the appeal was that you'd have a good movie, and then later on towards the night, you'd have the schlock. And kaiju movies, monster movies, whatever, they were normally the schlock. They were the late-at-night stuff, and more often than not, it was the weird and wonderful fun things that you took your friends with, popcorn, have a laugh. Now, to read off a couple of films that were released by Crown International, we have Dracula's Dog. I was going to say that was the first one I saw on the list that took my attention. Yeah, Zoltan. Yeah, Zoltan, Dracula's... My mom, my mom's a werewolf. Yep, my mother's a werewolf, yep. And um, I've got Chain Gang Women, Orgy <laughs> of the Dead. Children. So, Children. Ooh. Ask your parents okay. what orgy is. Don't go looking on the internet. But um, <laughs> anyways, I mean, to uh, tell you, Alex, how what I felt about some of their other releases, remember the absolutely awful American cut of Varan the Unbelievable? Yeah, it was done by them. It was it? it was done by them. So I'm not saying that everything. Yeah, I'm not saying that everything that this place did was fantastic, but it had its part. What you'd have is you'd have the drive-in movie theater place. You know, like you'd go in, you'd have a laugh. There were these cheap films that everybody would go and see, and you were there to socialize, have your popcorn, whatever, hang out, and that was just kind of what you went for. So this film. 
I don't think it's trying to be a classic. I think probably the best film that Crown International has released that I've seen is Where the Red Fern Grows, which it's a great book. Read the book first and then watch Where the Red Fern Grows. It's about a boy raising two hound dogs. But um, it... It was never how how does it how does it stand up to they saved Hitler's brain <laughs> also by Crown International. Well, you see, you know what you're getting into here. I mean, you can go two one or two different ways. So, to give you a parallel, Hammer Films, Hammer took the high road, and they didn't exactly have the highest budgets, but what they went for is they really tried to throw everything that they could into acting talent. And a decent plot. So you can have films with Dracula with people with mustaches, sideburns to all get out. Um, and the plots are absolutely bonkers to a degree. But I mean, at the same time, you know, like they are, you know, I mean, like they have proper setup, they do the right pacing, they have the right editing and cutting. There, there's the high road there. And what Crown, I think, was going for was, again, you know, like, a little bit silly stuff. It's late at night. We don't want to give anybody nightmares. We just want to have a fun time. There we go. So, in this case, they got a very believable monster. They did not get the best actors. And the production was pulled right from underneath them. Probably because Jaws came out right around this time. I mean, like, if Crater Lake Monster was in production at the time Jaws came out, I mean, like, what would you do as a production company? Like, oh, crap. Like, we're never gonna, we're never gonna be able to, you know, sort past that. Or, you know, like, like, are all the Jaws copies? They probably, you know, took some funding for it because it was no longer nearly as original as they thought it might have been. Not that a dinosaur rampaging and eating people would have been original anyways, because we had Lost World in the 1920s and all the copycats since. But, Despite its shortcomings, the movie still manages to be memorable. People are still talking about it. I mean, the fact that there's well, we yeah, well, I mean, yeah. there are other there are other people that talk about this film. There are, I mean, you can look on YouTube. It has thousands and thousands of views on YouTube for the full film. You have a resin kit that's been made up because the monster's design is is good. There's a film called The Giant Gila Monster out there that people talk about that's another cult film and people still watch that so there is an appeal in this film whether or not it's just for the schlock value you know for guys like us to just rip it apart and go oh my gosh that was terrible <laughs> but in a sense it is fun to do that in a degree to a degree and i don't think that they were necessarily going for what toho or dai were doing in japan or even what spielberg was doing this is you know, its own budget, goofy kind of horror thing, and it only had a budget of a hundred thousand. Jaws had a budget of nine million. To give you an example of like a contemporary, similar, you know, you know, I wouldn't want to call it a similar plot because the plot of Creator Lake is lacking compared to Jaws, but Sim but similar era, similar genre. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, hmm. it's a budget fun time. It is not. It's not necessarily something you devote a lot of time to, but it's it, it's its own brand of fun. But then, where do I draw the line when I take the mick out of films? Because here's me saying, you know, this is a steaming pile of crap. But then, 
in the same breath I rant about how the 70s shower era of Godzilla films, you know, Godzilla vs. Megalon, Godzilla vs. Gigan, are amazing films, and I'm ranting about how great they are. Well, plenty of people think that, you know, those Godzilla films come under the same kind of umbrella as this film, as just bad monster movies that, you know, get two to four stars on IMDb and shocking... There is there is something to be said. Well, I think they're a bit more consistent. There's something to be said. I think that we as a team could also do our own version of like Mystery Science Theater 3000 on this film. But the fact that that hasn't been done, it's one of those deals. You've you've raised a good point, actually, because I kind of did my background reading. And what I learned was that several of the Crown International films have been used by Mystery Science Theatre 3000, which will come as no surprise to people who know Mystery Science Theatre. Um, and going back to the point that Joe made about kind of the the drive-in theatre, I think Joe needed to be at the board meetings for Crown International. He might have been able to keep them going and save them from going under, because he sold the vision of them very well. 50% of all exhibitors who used Crown International films were drive-in theatres. So they were very much going for um, sort of exploitation cinema, B-movie, and just... I don't know what kind of collective genre you call that, Joe. <laughs> Help me out. Just B-movie, yeah? It, this for, it, yeah, just B-movie. In a drive-in so. cinema, on a giant screen, this would have been a fun movie to watch. I, I, I guess so. You know, if... Um, if I was in my car, especially in the 1970s, in, my, in the 1970s, like we are spoiled yeah. for choice now, but 1970s and yeah. drive-in movie theater, giant screen could have been fun. See, it, it, it's difficult mm. to sell that to me because I can't imagine a situation where I'd be in a drive-in theater, but I've never been to America. Um, mm. So, um, well, watching a, a crap film with your mates, basically. I mean, I agree with what they've said earlier in the podcast. Yeah, this isn't supposed to be right, lads. Let's let's all pull up our car. Get a twelve pack and go watch Godfather Part Two. It's like, yeah, they're gonna, we know what you're going to get from a drive-in theatre. So, then again, I have to say, I think Crater Lake Monster is the type of kaiju that sends friend requests to Rodan and, <laughs> and they never respond. <laughs> I mean, if we re- if we want to draw a parallel, because usually we talk about Japanese monster movies here, um, the Legend of the Dinosaurs and Monster Birds draws a very close parallel to this movie in terms of special effects are probably pretty good. The execution of the rest of the film is lacking. And I don't think many of our I listeners think... will have even heard of that movie I just mentioned either. So fun times. Say the name of the film again. Legend of the Dinosaurs and Monster Birds. Wow. That that just sounds like a book title rather than a film. It does. See I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking of comparable uh, films to this but on a much higher budget would be Q the Winged Monster. Or was it the Queen? Q the Winged Serpent. Q the Winged Serpent. That sort of similarly, you know, cruddy B-movie. I could imagine going to a drive-in theatre for that. Right, let's take our second break and we'll return with our plans on how we are going to improve this film. Hey there, I'm Batman. And I wanted to tell you about my friends at the Screen Heroes Podcast. They deliver sweet justice in the form of discussing movies, television, and me. They love my movies. Every single one of them. Yes, even that one. Sometimes they even have me on as a guest, which is thrilling. 
You can find them at twitch.tv slash heroes podcasts live on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Gotham time. If you can't tune in live, the new shows go up on places like Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Gotham Radio, and Demoscura Live. Now, back to your regularly scheduled Batcast. Welcome back to Kaiju Curry House, where we talk about films that you don't have to watch. That was awful, wasn't it? You can't watch this if you want on YouTube. <laughs> For free. No, breaking news, sorry. Criterion Collection are announcing a two-disc set steelbook of Crater Lake Monster. Limited run. Very limited. Uh, one copy. Steelbook. 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 It says, great for putting your cups of tea on or perhaps any small fires that might break out. Fantastic. Um, How great, are you feeling? Jim? Great for your nana storing her sugared almonds in. It's a really heavy steelbook as well. So if you're disturbed in the middle of the night and someone's coming at you, you can throw your copy of the Crater Lake Monster and either it'll hurt them and knock them out or they'll see the Crater Lake Monster and run away. The Crater Lake Monster, how it saved my life. I can see it now. Give me all your X plus. Oh, you twat. And even worse, if James is robbing your house, he'll look at it and go, oh no, not this film. (laughs) Run away. Can we just pause pause for a second? Okay, but not actually pause. Sorry. I've just, no, 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 not actually pause. I've just opened up the Wikipedia for My Mom's a Werewolf, and the poster is just absolutely stunning. It's yeah. not another T-Rex. <laughs> no, but I feel like you guys have to do this while we're on the podcast so that the oh, yeah, laughter... Yeah, okay, enough. okay. I, I was trying to look for what the kaiju was in Red Dwarf, but it's got nothing to do with anything we're talking about. So, my mum is... My mummy's dead is what comes up. Jesus, my mum's <laughs> oh, Jesus. Wow, that's really dark. Good old Wikipedia. So is this going to be your if nothing else? Is my Check out the movie well. trailer. Posters are. Is it, is it on Wikipedia? Sorry, what's, it, what's it called? Is it my mum? My mum. My mum. Mum's a werewolf. Oh, Amer- oh American that's, mum. That's. Well, there's just some legs. Oh, my mum. <laughs> um... she, 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 she's shaving her legs. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, those are some she's great a werewolf. That, that, that's, that's what 90% of YouTube thumbnails Okay, like, okay, but. No, but. Who's my mum's a werewolf. who's the weir- who's the weirdo like down in the bottom right like smiling and pointing? What one with like a? Well, she's got a mystic tool. <laughs> mystic mask. That's Danny DeVito in Batman Returns, isn't it? Now you see. Okay, so so we've just seen this. I mean, I'm actually curious to watch that film now, and I'm pretty sure we would have a fun time sitting together watching it. The yep. Crater Lake it, Monsters. It's a kaiju film. Yeah, the Crater Lake. No, but the Crater Lake Monsters on a similar vein here. So. You see the poster art, you see like a hokey trailer, and you're like, oh, that'll be good. Let's get that. And then you watch it. I don't think we ever said that'll be good, but yeah. <laughs> no. And it's hard for us to really be too critical of a film. It's like, ah, it's not quite Francis Ford Coppola's best, is it? What's it called? Uh, My Mum's a Well. I think we can all appreciate that. <laughs> that poster's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's, by the way, how did you find the Crater Lake monster? Like I said, it was, like I said, it was, uh, the, the, the trailer was on a film called Fantastic Dinosaurs of the Movies, and I saw it. Right, but you said you saw that as a kid. Did you like see? That? See, I, I think the link, Joe, must be that um, looking at the things that Crown International Pictures took on, they did their edit of Around the Unbelievable, 
So is that how you discovered it? Oh, oh well, I'm a bit of a lake monster. Um, but I, I, I love, I, I can't say that cryptozoology is a legitimate science, science but uh, I do love lake monsters. I love the lore around them. I love the attempted scientific explanations. And that's something that's just always stuck with me. So, so a movie. Are there any of the good lake monster films? Are there any good lake monster films? Um, Loch Ness. Are we, are, well, there are we, must be loads of films. There are lots of oh, there are lots of films about Loch Ness. Um, the Loch Ness horror. Any good the, ones? The Loch Ness horror is the worst one. I can tell you that. I the best films about Loch Ness that I've seen actually haven't been fictional films. If you want to talk about a great Loch Ness film that you know is fiction, um, the Water Horse is really good. That was done by Walden Media not too long ago. And that's a really fun, you know, like that's that's fairly kid-friendly, you know, Loch Ness Monster, Water Kelpie, little boy raises the Loch Ness Monster and sets it free in the lake. There we go. The uh, Oh, wait, sorry to interrupt you. We've just got the, the poster of that. And oh, my God. That is the happiest looking Loch Ness Monster I've ever seen. He looks like he's downed a bowl of Cheerios. Stop laughing, everyone. Right, uh, I've got an interesting quote from the CEO of Crown International. Pictures. My mom's a werewolf. Uh, and I'm... Uh, stop. You know, it's, it's the quote, I'll pay you next week. No, it's uh, a title... Stop it, guys. Listen. This is serious. Yeah, this is serious. A title is a handle. You can't lift a picture very high if the handle is weak. Matthew, what does that mean as a film buff? What's the CEO saying? Well... Because uh, it's a very deep, meaningful Facebook motivational quote there. But well, all I think of is um, it's oh, what's his freaking name? Um, Herschel Lewis, who did such famous schlock as uh, uh, Blood Feast. Um, he was renowned, renowned for it. He would, I think, he made Blood Feast, and then a year later, he just gave the same film, the same cinemas with a different name. So if you go to IMDb, it's like Blood Feast, aka Night of Anubis, aka Crater Monster Two, Crater Monster Harder. And all this thing is just the same film with a different title. So, yeah, I think, it, and this happens a lot when classic films get re-released. I was talking before, um, Fistful of Dynamite's been re-released on Eureka Video. And they have to put, yeah, you may know, it's like Troy McClure, you may know this film as Fistful of Dynamite. You may know it as Duck You Sucker. You may know it as this, you may know it as that, because that's what happens. So, I agree, maybe different names sell in different territories. By the looks of it, for quite a good few decades... A Crown International, whatever they're called. Um, we'll call them whatever they're not yeah, around Yeah, they're not around. Yeah, Crown International Pictures, they had a good thing going because they were acquiring films very cheap mm. and they were playing them, you know, selling them on to drive in theaters. And yeah, they, they were making a big profit. So they had a good thing going. But I think the way we've consumed sort of cinemas changed. Um, less people are opening a pack of beers with the lads in a. Car park? Was that... Was... Doesn't really translate in the UK, does it? No, it doesn't, no. Yeah. yeah. Pull... It was never a thing over here, I think. Well, Driving theatres I mean, the how many times have you and I driven to the Metro Centre and be like, right, let's open a pack of uh, Fosters and be like, let's watch a film? That's pretty much what we were doing in Godzilla. It's like, Godzilla King of... Yeah, get it! <laughs> pretty much. Shut up, kids. Show <laughs> <Your> appreciation. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um... Right, how can we improve this film? We've ripped it apart, but now here's the tender. 
and now here's the tender part of the podcast because we're gonna we're gonna rebuild it in our image. What what would we do differently, <laughs> Joe? What needs to happen for this film to be three stars? So the first thing, oh, it's already three stars. We need to be four stars. The first thing that I think that we need to do is establish the time duration from the beginning and the appearance of the monster. So that gives the film a little bit more context. The second thing that we need to do is we need to keep day and night sequence sequences uniform. So we need to add the right filters for day and night. We need to make it apparent that scenes are going on at a certain time of the day. We can't jump back and forward. The third thing that I, th the I third agree. thing that we need to do is we need to just give like, one or two scenes like a dissolve like a wipe whatever because it's all hard cutting and i think that that really doesn't help the film very much like if you fade to black and then you reappear you know like a, a new scene appears out of the black that's fine but just to suddenly swap from scene to scene to scene to scene to scene that that's a bit jarring so there's a little bit of fluidity and a little bit of eloquence in the cutting of this film that i think could help it along as well and maybe like like you mentioned earlier, Matt, like some of the Christmas crispness of the audio could potentially be improved upon. It's just little things that I think could do it. I mean, the the acting, we're never going to be able to salvage that. But to a degree, the acting's part of the charm. Um, the monster, it, it, it's fine just the way it is. Like we've all said in this podcast, the monster itself is what sells this picture. This is the reason we're still talking about this picture. David Allen did a great job. Obviously, the majority of the budget went into the monster. So if we change those few things, the bits that the director, William Stromberg, actually said ruined this film when he was asked about it, I think that like maybe we could do we could we could see if what he says is true and we could pop pull this up. I mean, those are areas of obvious improvement and they're confusing when you watch the film. Following my string of good luck chatting, chatting to various low-level kaiju celebrities, shall I approach those two where boat blokes? What the, what's their names? Well, there's Glenn Roberts, who's Arnie. Right. And then there's Mark okay. Siegel. They need to be on our show. Right, okay, I'll, I'll find them. I'll be like, hey, remember this film? Mate, I'll be so happy. So, what if they cook... Yeah. I was gonna say, do you have to? We have to re-edit this, or so actually, oh, listen to the podcast, and we're like, yes, it's a, it's a great film. I love the performances of Arnie and Mitch. They carried the film on their backs like like Atlas. They'll, they'll, they'll get a phone call from me, and I'll be like, hey, it's Alex from Kaiju Curry House, and they'll be like, it chapter two. They'll, they'll run off and puke. Like, oh God, I've been waiting for your call for twenty seven years. <laughs> the guys from Veron, the, uh, the guys from Legend of Dinosaurs and Monster Birds warned me about you. Lads. <laughs> Um, and the plan is, uh, I think. I think Joe, do you want to announce our plans formally on the podcast for next year? Because we've not actually talked about it yet. Have we? So, on August eighth, twenty twenty, we are having the return of UK KaijuCon, and we are going to be host hosting it in Birmingham. If you want further details, you can go to our Facebook group, or you can visit us at ukkaiju.com, where we go into the convention in more detail. However, um, we are toying with the idea, and I think we're going to go through with it, that we are going to take this film that was not finished, 
that nobody has bothered to touch or re-edit or finish the way it was intended. We are going to put those pieces into the film, and we are going to show people our version as we think that we may improve it and see if we have done a halfway decent job and if we can raise the steaming pile above three stars. Have I summed it up pretty well? You have. We're going to be playing it uh, on the. Pro- we're going to put it on the projector um, in the big studio room that we've hired for the con. I'm going to, we're going to be playing it, and we're going to have our attendees watching it. And um, the closest metaphor I can think of is you make a pasta bake, and you know you have your fill from that, and there's a little bit left, and then it gets put in the fridge. And it was an all right pasta bake. <laughs> what is this? And, Right, bear with me. Bear with me. Bear with me. Let's see where this leads. The thing is, that pasta bake should have been chucked out. But a couple of weeks down the line, it was taken out, and we've basically gone, is it safe to eat? Well, we're going to find out. God, that was beautiful. I remember when Abraham Lincoln said that. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. So is that my job to re-edit? I, sorry, I, when, you, when I was explained that I was going to have to re-edit the Crater Lake monster, I went, oh, this would be, this would be easy. Yeah. I'll just put the SpongeBob SquarePants in bit and go, six months later. You'll just <laughs> say, it's, it's actually supposed to be the Crater Lake monster redux. No, but you, you, but you, you take that portion of pasta bake out the fridge, you put a bit of salt oh, on it. The pasta bake analogy again. <laughs> and you go, it's fine, it's fine. And it's fine. Sorry, it's to be the Crater Lake Monster microwave twice. Oh, that's it. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Deep fried with eggs. The Crater Lake Monster but, uh, experience but, only at Kaiju But uh, I, Kaiju my, my, my point being, maybe this should have been chucked in the bin. Maybe this isn't a good idea. Or maybe we can kind of prattle around this film and improve it and make it vaguely palatable. We can we definitely can improve it, it. That was where I was. One hundred percent. We can improve this. Palatable by adding a lot of sweet chili sauce, because even dog shit tastes good as sweet chili sauce on it. We can't, we got so far through this episode without Alex swearing. Children, I apologize. I can't believe it. I've been on my best behavior. <sighs> every Sometimes time, Alex. Bitty, bitty, every bitty, time. Bitty tastes good with chili sauce. <laughs> I think that's what he said, right? <laughs> oh my. Anyway, so I think I'll make two edits because I'll make a silly so, one. The Crater Lake Monster, which I might overdub it. And they'd be like, I, I, Mitch, what do you think? It'll make the noise that Animal Crossing people make. That's what I thought, Mitch. My boat. And then if there are boats, Artie. Our boats. Mitch. Our boats, yeah. And then, God forbid, some some serious film people come along and goes, I can't wait to see the Crater Lake Monster as God intended. You know, Roger Ebert's that he's dead. Um, I really like the sound of that. Yeah, and I'll, I'll have two versions ready. That sounds fantastic. Oh, all right, okay. Here's, here's the. Let's, here's I mean, let's the lead in on the comedy. Troma presents the Crater Lake Monster. I'll just cut to me in the back garden, like with the the, the proper effects. Mm. So can we can we do something about the music as well? Yeah. What would you like? The DMX. Yeah. So we can DMX. Anything. Is they go, what's that? What's that noise? What's that noise? And he turned around and. Where the hood, where the hood, where the hood at? I like that, yeah. I, I was happy with Time Splitters too. Look, there will be many soundtracks on display here at the Crater Lake Monster Redux. Only 
at Kaiju. What's it called? Kaiju Curios. Kaiju Curios. Yeah, no, no, that's the name of the podcast. What's the name of the convention going to be? United Kaiju Convention. United Kaiju Convention. Because UK. UK. See what we did there? The o- oh, right, I get it. Yeah. The, the only place you're able to see the re-edit of the Crater Lake Monster. With Smash Bros. Up. Smash Bros. music. That's it. My God, it's the Crater Lake. Eat, eat, boat, boat, boat. Um, yeah, that would be a thing. I think I'll talk too much now. I'll be quiet for an hour and a half. Whenever, whenever he's eating somebody, can we have like the Pac-Man waka 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 okay, waka waka? we're talking. We're all getting in on this. Waka waka waka. And then when Mitch is getting eaten, he goes. Hey, you all thought I was daft with the pasta thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Whenever somebody dies, do the sad ghost. <laughs> oh, he ate himself. Or, or the lemmings noise when the lemming falls. Yeah. Yes. Run away! <laughs> right, we're, we're stalling. We're stalled. I think it's time to close this. This is longer than the film. Yeah, no, right. Right. I think it's time to close this off. Right, good grief. If nothing, uh, uh, I, can't, I can't wait to hear this episode once you've salvaged it. Not, e- not even your wonderful editing skills can save when, this episode. When you've salvaged it, you mean when they've taken out the fridge after a week and then put it in the oven and then... All right. <laughs> Sweet chili. So, are we going to see? Do you think there's any chance? The closing thought of this should be: Is there going to be any chance of the rather like the Avengers universe, the Crown universe, where at the very end of the Crater Lake Monster Redux, Zoltan, Dracula's dog, will hand a letter to the Crater Lake Monster. Ooh, CCU Crown Cinematic Universe. That's right. Da, 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 da. And then they go, "What do you need me for?" And they go, "The, the Dracula's dog goes." I hate to tell you this, but they kidnap Hitler's brain and it mm. kills like that. And we we can be those guys at the cinema when everyone gets up and leaves are like, <laughs> they're not staying for the after credits scene. Dude, we'll be telling the people at five minutes into this. We mean the end of the film. <laughs> Stay for the film, it gets worse, honest. <laughs> Paul, if nothing else. If nothing else, I am going to urge our listeners to not watch this movie. Until our convention, <laughs> so they can experience it, you know, with the in the redux fashion. <laughs> I'm hoping for this. I can't I wait. Actually, I'm I'm, I'm excited. We can go Q and A with the director of the redux. It'll be me at the back going, hi. <laughs> <laughs> what with your with your kind of relentless energy giggling to yourself in your hoodie? Yari, yeah, I'll be I'll be laughing as the credits come up, starring. Ah, it's good this bit. We'll have the the hotel staff taking you out, being like, "Excuse me, sir, can you leave? You're causing a scene." I'll go. Don't you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, good grief! Right, can we can we finish? Um, Joe, if nothing else. If nothing else, um, I'm going to encourage you to check out the film that I mentioned earlier where I first found out about the Crater Lake Monster, and it is a gateway to many other fabulous films, even if necessarily this wasn't one of them. Um, The uh, Fantastic Dinosaurs of the Movies, it's uh, on YouTube, it's on Amazon Prime, and there are also a fair number of VHSs floating around there. A lot of people will cite it as one of their introductions into the dinosaur movie and kaiju movie genres so check it out will that be it the kaiju convention 
Oh, it's it's just a string of trailers. I mean, I suppose we could put it on YouTube in the background if we you wanted. You could put it on the background, yeah. couldn't you? Yeah, it's public domain. Yeah. There we go. Matthew, right. if nothing else, what would you recommend? Well, at the end of every episode, we recommend to our listeners um, something that you've watched or something that you think's worth their time. I'll tell you what, being a wrestling <laughs> fan, there was something that is related to Kaiju. Um, there was a wrestler in the 80s known as King Kong Bundy, which I think is a good name. Mm. Uh, and he was known for being very big and he the thing fell off again that wasn't me falling um, and to basically hype him up and his name they had this little skit which aired and this surprisingly high uh, quality uh, production for this a very brief one I'm pretty sure you can find it on YouTube King Kong Bundy vignette um, and it's basically it's got the little guy in the studio going well uh, King Kong Bundy is a very big man, but he's not as big as we think, is he? Uh, speculates he is, and the camera starts shaking, and he goes, wait, wait, what's that noise? And it cuts back to a very quick set of, like, of a little set, and it cuts to Bundy in front of a green screen going, Rawr! and he's like, he's the giant hand like takes up the thing, and there's some of these green screens above like this giant, this mountain set, so he's probably like, he's kaiju size, basically. And I was tickled pink by that. Mm. I think it's somewhat relevant. So if you want to see wrestling doing kaiju, then I recommend you look for King Kong Bundy vignette. There we go. Yeah. What's you tell? Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> I've talked to to bilge this episode. I think I'm in shame. Um, okay. If nothing else, I recommend that you watch season three, episode 22 of X-Files. And the episode is Quagmire, which has the, well, kaiju monster Big Blue, which is... The X-Files nod to the Loch Ness Monster. Um, yeah? yeah. Yeah, that was a great episode, actually. Yeah? Isn't it good? See, that, yeah. that, was, that, that was something <laughs> sensible that have contributed this evening. There we go. God, I didn't know there was an X-Files episode about... About the Loch Ness? I didn't know that. Well, it's not Loch Ness, but it's Big Blue. I mean, it's, it's really nice. It's a nice episode. Right, X-Files had blue. a lot of great Creature of the Week episodes. Oh, they had so many. Yes, that was one of those. Big yeah. Blue, do you play chess? No. No, I got that reference. Sounds good. Um, okay, right. It's time to close off, guys. Um, but yeah, check out Quagmire Season 3, Episode 22. It's a cracking little one-off episode by the X-Files. It's really good. Okay, thank you very much, everyone. It's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure, yeah, folks. Thanks very much. Keep it, keep it kaiju. Kaiju Curry House is part of the Heroes Podcast Network and produced by UK Kaiju. You can follow us at UK Kaiju on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, or find us at heroespodcasts.com. Please consider subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, or tons of other podcast services. Thank you very much. When we made our new McDonald's spicy chicken McNuggets, you were praise hands emoji. Then we ran out, and you were streaming tears emoji. Now they're back, so you can be grinning face with sweat emoji. Order ahead on the McDonald's app. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For a limited time at participating McDonald's. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch, and you could save an average of $470 on your auto insurance. That's a lot of money in just a few minutes. With savings like that, you could be lounging on an impractical amount of ornate and overpriced throw pillows you bought for your couch. But you won't, because you're better with money than that. 
That's why you're calling us in the first place. Call 1-888-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Based on average nationwide annual savings survey data, July to December 2020. Underwritten by Farmers Trucker Fire Insurance. Exchanges are affiliate. Products not available in every state.